For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. Like I said before, uh, and I've said it with our players, this is a personal decision. You know, I'm not, and I'm not going to make a comment on, on my situation either because I wouldn't expect, you know, my players to... College football season is upon us. Well, unofficially. Last week saw the return of SEC Media Days at the Winfrey Hotel in Hoover, what many consider an annual kickoff to the college football season. Other than projecting this year's conference champion, and the media picked Alabama, by the way, the hot topic was vaccination. The message was clear. To proceed to a safe and complete football season, the Southeastern Conference wants the teams vaccinated. In fact, if a team can't field enough players to compete in a game, that team will forfeit. Games will not be rescheduled. Teams with 85% or more of their players vaccinated will not be required to test on a regular basis or maintain a mask protocol on team premises. So far, six teams have met the threshold. Not long ago, Alabama head coach Nick Saban recorded a public service announcement encouraging people to get vaccinated, and he said his team has already reached and surpassed the threshold, whereas Auburn head coach Brian Harson said his team has not yet. My colleague Matt Scalici, who manages AL.com sports videos, was at SEC Media Days and caught all the commotion. We talk about the SEC's rules and expectations for teams in 2021, how the league is incentivizing vaccinations, what Nick Saban and Brian Harson said last week, and what role college football coaches play in the COVID conversation. Matt, you were at SEC Media Days in Hoover this past week. It was back after a year off because of COVID. Fans weren't allowed in the same way, but I'm sure it was still, for the most part, the media day's experience. And, you know, Alabama's coach Nick Saban said this week that Alabama is one of the six teams mentioned by SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey that reached the 85% rate required to relax COVID-19 protocols within the complex. Before we get to Alabama and Saban, though, what do you know about what went into determining the threshold for SEC teams who want to play in 2021? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I I would say that's not the exact process they use to arrive at that number is not something that Greg Sankey's talked about. But I, I would say that most most of the decisions about this that have been made by the SEC really ever since last season were guided by a group of doctors that the SEC, you know, sort of put together to advise them on their COVID protocols and policies. And really, you know, I mean, there was some pushback and some criticism of it last year because the SEC was one of the first conferences to decide, yes, we are going to attempt this. But out of all of college football, the SEC did sort of finish the season getting a lot of praise for how well they handled it and how thorough they were at enforcing their rules and how flexible they were at trying to work around some of the situations that just naturally were going to come up because of what was happening with with COVID. So, you know, I would say overall, there's some confidence from the sports world and and even the medical community in how the SEC has handled these things so far. 
And again, all of that to say, I don't know where they got 85%, but I have not really seen anybody saying it's not high enough. It, it, it needs to be higher than that, or, or that's a reckless decision. It seems like most people feel like that's a pretty sensible number to arrive at. Yeah, but there are obviously several SEC teams who have yet to meet it. Alabama is one of a few who have. So what about the incentives for vaccinating SEC teams? Obviously, playing games should be an incentive enough. But Sankey also said that games would not be rescheduled if rosters are hit by COVID-19 outbreaks. We're obviously seeing similar conversations in the NFL where teams with outbreaks among unvaccinated players could even forfeit games. So how do you think these incentives might spur programs into action if they are lagging to meet that threshold? Well, I think the NFL is, is, is being very aggressive about this in a way that the, the college uh, conferences are not so far. I, I think that they make the SEC standards here look pretty tame with what the NFL is doing. But, you know, I think the SEC is kind of walking a line here. I think on the one hand, they're being very careful to say that they are not forcing anyone to get vaccinated. They're not mandating that you get vaccinated if you're a player. And that's, I think, for a couple of reasons. I think there are there's some perception reasons behind that, but I think also sort of legal liability reasons why they don't want to mandate everyone on the team to be vaccinated. They, they're leaving it up to the players themselves. And, and that's a phrase that we heard a lot at SEC Media Days this week from different coaches is it's a personal choice. It's their choice. But <laughs> I think the context around that statement made a big difference between different coaches who said that, you know, I think, do you say I'm leaving it up to you and leave it there? Or do you say I'm leaving it up to you, but here's a bunch of information about all of the negative consequences that could happen as a result of you getting COVID and, you know, missing a game, spreading it to your teammates, all of those things. Here's what could, what it could cost you and your team if you don't choose to get vaccinated. So I, I would say the coaches who are on those programs who have cleared the 85% threshold pretty much unanimously were very um, positive about what the vaccine can do for the program and, and how effective it is and, and what a good idea it is in general to get the vaccine. And some of the programs that we heard say that they're not at that number, much, much less clear about whether they think the vaccine is something that is a net positive for people who get it. So just to be clear, college football players are not required to get vaccinated but a minimum number of players must be vaccinated for teams to compete in 2021. Yes. So it, it is not mandated on an individual basis for every player. But what happens is once a team has 85% of their players vaccinated, they do not have to test regularly for COVID in the program and they don't have to wear masks inside team facilities. You know, I, I think the first one is probably a lot more relevant than the second one of those two things, because testing ultimately is what knocked a lot of players out of contention for for games last year. You know, if you didn't even have to necessarily test positive all the time to be held out of a game. Sometimes just contact tracing, if they didn't have enough time to get your results back in a test, 
you could be held out of the game because you were exposed to someone who did test positive. So that is a a huge incentive to these teams to have continuity, to remove a lot of the chaos that was a part of last season. It's something that Nick Saban, for example, this week said he thinks it's a big competitive advantage for his team that they will not have to be going through some of those testing protocols and standards that they had to deal with last year. With the vaccine, you probably have a better chance. Without it, you have a lesser chance uh, that something could happen, a bigger chance that something could happen that may keep you from being on the field, which doesn't enhance your personal development. Uh, And then how does it affect the team if you bring it to the team? Yeah, and speaking of Nick Saban, he said that the Alabama team is, quote, pretty close to 90% in terms of players who've received the vaccination entering the August 5th report date for preseason practice. And they've had three different doctors come and speak to the team to give lectures about the pros and cons of what Saban calls the whole COVID circumstance. And Alabama just came off a national championship season during which they had to overcome obstacles in the way of COVID protocols. And they proved that they took it seriously and were successful in mitigating it within their program. How would you describe Saban and the Alabama program's approach to COVID as maybe compared to the rest of the SEC or college football? They were, I would say, one of the programs that took it the most seriously last season. And it's probably not entirely a coincidence that they had fewer players missing time because of COVID than almost any other program in the nation. And, you know, it requires a ton of discipline. It requires following a set of rules that these players, even players at Alabama, even guys who are used to incredibly high standards for for their behavior and and incredibly tough rules to follow on a day-to-day basis. These were rules they had to follow that were even stricter than anything they've experienced before. And we've talked to players who were on that team. They said it was tough. It was a difficult season. It was a mental drain on them to have to deal with some of those things. I think even though Alabama was successful at it last year, I think a lot of those players probably didn't want to go through it again. And all I think all Nick Saban probably had to say to them was, look, we can ease up on some of this stuff that you had to deal with last year if you all just go get vaccinated. It's something that that I think is a little bit unique about Alabama because they have a person at the top who is pretty much unanimously trusted by the players, by the staff, by everybody in that program. And when he says this is the right thing for us to do, this is what is going to help us be successful this year, they listen to him and they do what he recommends. You know, I think that's an interesting dynamic that you could apply to a lot of other parts of the country and say, are there any figures who are respected at that level, like Nick Saban, that that many people trust his opinion um, and his recommendations? I, I don't know. I don't know if there are, but but it works at Alabama. And I think Nick Saban is a big part of why it works. So every player has a personal decision to make to evaluate the risk of COVID relative to vaccine and then they have a competitive um, decision to make on how it impacts their ability to... Yeah, and personal decision was a big buzz term from SEC Media Days as it related to teams getting vaccinated, players making this personal decision. And Saban said this week that 
Every player has a personal decision to make to evaluate the risk of COVID relative to the vaccine, and then they have a competitive decision to make on how it impacts their ability to play in games. So I wonder, Matt, digging for the subtext here, is the message, if you don't get vaccinated, you don't play? I think that might be a little more explicit than what Saban would say, certainly. But you look at, I think, what the priorities are of a player that plays at Alabama. And it isn't just about how can I improve my own personal situation? How can I get playing time for myself? How can I, you know, get on the field the most and the earliest? It's about winning championships, which is a group effort activity. You cannot do it by yourself. It is one of the overwhelmingly most common things that we hear players say as to why they chose to go to Alabama. So the type of guys who are already there are heavily motivated by how can I help the team, the program as a whole. Um, And I think that helps when Saban can frame it that way and say, this is a personal decision by you, but your decision affects everybody else here. And so it's going to be looked at that way. And it's going to reflect on you with your teammates and coaches what that what that decision is. So, yes, it's a it's a choice, but choices have consequences. And I'll say the same thing about Georgia, by the way. I I think that Georgia has a very similar culture to Alabama. I think that's by design. They hired Kirby Smart, who had been at Alabama for a long time, and they wanted to duplicate the culture that he'd been a part of at Alabama. And Georgia is also very close to that 90 percent number um, of vaccinated players at this point. So, again, I don't think it's a coincidence that the two teams that are really most consistently competitive and focused on winning championships and focused on what's best for the team and the program are the ones that right now in the league have the highest rate of their players vaccinated. Well, and finally, Matt, on the other side of the iron bowl of personal decisions, Auburn is not among the six SEC teams to reach the 85% vaccination threshold. Their head coach, Brian Harson, who is in his first year at Auburn, was asked directly if he had been vaccinated. He basically said no comment, and it's a personal decision in that they're going to give players the information and let them decide. Mississippi State's coach, Mike Leach, he also declined to answer if he'd been vaccinated or not. I wonder, does this reflect a divide among college football, at least what we've seen during SEC media days, that could cast a shred of doubt on the season? I think absolutely it does. I would say right now, if you're looking at at Auburn and Mississippi State, the two examples you just brought up, the numbers that their coaches were suggesting Um, And again, we don't have those numbers officially. We're getting them from people who are part of the program. If those are accurate numbers, they're going to have a very hard time getting the majority of their team vaccinated between now and the start of the season. And that's a problem when you look at the way that the Delta variant particularly is spreading right now, particularly in Alabama and Mississippi, by the way, the growth of how fast this disease is spreading, it's exponential. The curve looks really scary right now. And it's having more of an effect on younger people than the version of this disease we dealt with last year did. So 
all of the things that people used to say to sort of dismiss why COVID was going to be a factor in last season's college football world about the players are young. It doesn't affect them. They're not going to get it or spread it as easily. Those those things have, have gone out the window. This this version of the disease we're dealing with now, it spreads faster. It spreads more effectively and it's affecting younger people. So I, I think there's a lot of reason to be nervous right now about how this is going to affect college football. And I think it, particularly the programs who not only don't have a lot of their players vaccinated right now, but don't seem to to show any urgency about doing anything about that. And and to me, that was the biggest surprise about what Brian Harson had to say. It wasn't that he he's had a harder time getting his team vaccinated. It's that when he was asked about whether he thought it was a, a competitive advantage for his team to, to be, you know, vaccinated or not, he said he didn't really think so. He's not really not really in a hurry to get these guys vaccinated and and he doesn't really have a preference one way or the other as to whether they are. To me, that's the more disturbing answer. And and that's the sign that to me, I think some programs are going to have some turmoil. And if they don't forfeit games, uh, they're going to have to field a team that is heavily depleted and, and doesn't look anything like the team that they like to put on the field. Blake Topmeyer, USA Today Network. Mike, uh, just a follow-up question on the vaccination. Are you vaccinated, and then why or why not? Um, If I was or I wasn't, I wouldn't share it with you. Um, But, uh, uh, again, we Matt, if uh, you'll allow me one follow-up to that. uh, So Nick Saban has been very public in his encouragement of people in his state and elsewhere to get vaccinated. He recorded a public service announcement. And he has told people, get vaccinated, help eradicate COVID-19. He's been doing this and been public in his effort to help end COVID-19 in Alabama since last year, since it started. So SEC Media Days is obviously the unofficial start to the college football season. For some people, it's the official start to the college football season. It's an enormous platform where so many media members gather to kick it all off. So we've talked about Brian Harson and Mike Leach. They are influential people inherently in that they are college football coaches in the SEC. They already have major platforms. When they speak, people tend to listen. But when they go to SEC media days, all the cameras are on them from all portions of the SEC in the region. So when they speak, their voices are even louder than they usually are. So I wonder when they get out there and they say either I won't tell you if I've been vaccinated and they give answers that might make people a little bit uncomfortable or they leave a little bit of mystery in terms of how they feel about the vaccination process and COVID in general. What type of influence do you think or what kind of impact, I guess, do you think college football coaches have in this conversation, what role do you think they play in this whole COVID vaccination conversation generally? I think it's more than zero for sure. Could they talk someone into getting the vaccine? Yes, I think they could. I think some people who were on the fence about it maybe or were being hesitant or or not urgent about it, I think it could make a difference. I think for people whose choice to not get vaccinated comes from something other than hesitation, lack of enthusiasm, 
I don't think it would make a difference. And maybe I'm being pessimistic about that. Maybe I'm not giving these coaches enough credit, but I've seen how fans in this state respond to a whole wide variety of different subjects uh, when it comes to college, how it relates to college football and, and the coaches and players. 2020 was a, was a great test case for that. I mean, because players and coaches got involved in certain topics and situations that they usually would never get involved with. And fans, for the most part, if they already agreed with what the players and coaches had to say, they loved it. They loved seeing that response. If they didn't agree, they would say some version of, I don't agree with you at all. I wish you'd shut up and just play football, but roll tide anyway. And and I think that probably is how it would go for people who are philosophically or politically opposed to getting this vaccine. I don't think that Nick Saban is going to change that person's mind because politics are maybe the one thing that is more tribal than college football in the state of Alabama. We love to make the joke about how how college football is a religion here and it trumps everything. And the truth is it doesn't, you know, uh, Alabama fans voted for Tommy Tuberville to be a U.S. Senator last fall. I think politics for a lot of people is the primary thing that they build their identity around uh, in this state. And I don't think that Nick Saban can change their mind about it, but nobody would love to be wrong about that more than me. Matt, thank you very much. Thanks, Ben. If you or anyone you know is affected by COVID and want to share a story, please email me at bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. And for all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact our state, visit al.com slash coronavirus. And if you like this show, please rate it and write a review. And please be safe, be smart, and be kind. Thank you for listening.